The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult your appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. McGraw-Millhaven here along with uh, Kevin Lloyd. And uh, boy, is it cold outside. Holy mackerel. Kevin wow. Lloyd. It is cold outside. It is cold <laughs> outside, and it's just going to get colder. The uh, If you hear this on Saturday tonight, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs game, they're saying, could be the coldest game on record. Wow. Wow. Zero temperature at game time. Anywhere from 20 to 30 miles an hour wind chill. Wow. Yeah. And now you're they're going to be thinking, you know, as they're sitting in the stands, I wish this had a dome. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the stands, you're saying, I have a 70-inch screen in my living room. Why don't I just go home and watch this game? Exactly. You know, it's funny. Um, i just kind of tell you, uh, a few, I don't know, it might be several years now, uh, my cousin had tickets to the Green Bay Packer playoff game. And uh, at the time, I didn't know this, uh, but that game was the last game Brett Favre played in Lambeau Field. Oh, wow. It was by far the best experience at a football game that I've ever had. Um, it was cold. Yeah. I was decked out in Brett Favre stuff, you know, the jersey yeah, and, yeah. and everything. And they had the, 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 green, the Green Bay hat on and we're tailgating. And uh, I'm talking to people and they're like, you're not from here. I said, hold on. <laughs> How do you know I'm not from here? Yeah. And he looked down at me and he goes, you're wearing tennis shoes. We don't wear tennis shoes. And I'm like, well, well what do you wear? And he's, I'm looking around I'm like, oh, everybody has boots, boots on. Boots yeah. on. Yeah, but uh, by far the best game that I've ever been to. And they have more like a bleacher kind of yeah. set up, not uh, yeah. an individual seat. And so I'm sitting next to these two guys. And first off, it's snowing out. If you saw this game on TV, it would look like a blizzard yeah. coming down. And um, these two guys sitting next to me, they, they're drinking, you know, the whole game, but they have no shirt on. Mm-hmm. I'm freezing, all right, at this point in time. And there's just steam coming off of their armpits. And, 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 and it was, but it was a great game. It's a badge of honor to go to one of these NFL games and to sit through it. Yeah. I told this story on the air the other day when I was a kid. The New York Jets were playing the Dallas Cowboys at Shea Stadium. I must have been 10 or 11 years old. My father turns to me and says, do you want to go home? I was like, absolutely not. I'm in for the duration. (laughs) And he gave me some money. I went and got a hot chocolate. I came back through the gate, you know, the opening. A gust of wind blew the hot chocolate onto my face. Oh, wow. I sat down and, you know, and he, he tells the story how I had chocolate all over my face. It really wasn't that warm because it was cold out. It was, <laughs> but, you know, we stayed to the bitter end and... That's, that's, that's that is what you do. At 10 years old, you stayed the whole length <laughs> of a cold game. And, and gosh, I would guess the Northeast is very cold yeah, at this yeah. time. It was windy and, and <laughs> blustery. and But no, we stayed to the, to the bitter, bitter end because... Now I'm a Jet fan. Hey, they didn't I'm, win then, and they don't win now. But but I, I can tell you from the game that I went to, I can tell why Green Bay's, Green, Bay, Green Bay's fans are so loyal. Yes. I yeah. mean, it is well, it, unbelievable. They also uh, have the fans take a shovel to the seats when it snows. Oh, no, I did not know that. They, this, the fans come with the shovels to clean off the aisles so the fans can sit. Right in the stands. And I I think I might be mistaken here, but I believe Green Bay Packers are the only football team that's actually owned by the fans. That is correct. They are they are a public they're publicly traded. You can buy non voting shares. Oh. 
No, I didn't even know that. I know that because I my, probably should, but I, I did not. My sister's husband is a psycho Packers fan. Okay, has one share, and they got into a big fight because he wanted to buy more shares. And she says, it's a non-voting share. You have one. How many non-voting shares do you need? <laughs> so but Your voice the, still doesn't matter. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can buy a million of these. It's, they're not going to listen to you. And you're not going to play. So I don't know what, why are we spending money on this. So it's really very, very funny. All, All right, right Kevin Lloyd, uh, 314-641-1010. That's the phone number to the office, 314-641-1010, or the website, whenretirementhappens.com. Uh, webinar to talk about yet? Uh, we did not schedule a date, but I will say by the end of this show, uh, maybe by the next segment, I will look at the calendar and make sure it's scheduled. Today. Okay, so maybe we got one coming up. We'll let you know. Uh, and then the website's up and running, 314-641-1010 or the website, whenretirementhappens.com. So let's talk about taxes real quick. And you were on the show on Wednesday, and uh, somebody from the text line asked this question, and I didn't get a chance to ask you on Wednesday. I'll ask it to you now. Uh, a simple question about taxes. Each year, do they change the, the, the amount of money on the brackets? In, in other words, the percentage is the same. But the the number of brackets, right? Do the brackets change? Like last year, if you made ten thousand, uh, a, a percentage kicks in. This year, uh, it's now twelve thousand. Do the brackets change with inflation? I guess is the they question. Do. Yes, they do. Yeah, so they increase uh, just a smidgen. Okay, uh, from where they were in twenty three to twenty four. Um, they'll do it again in, in right. 25 and then uh, in 26. Then we revert back to 2017's taxes with inflation. With inflation. Yes. So is that something new or are they always sort of adjusted the brackets for, for inflation? They're typically adjust, adjusted okay. for inflation. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, also uh, what also gets adjusted would be our standard deductions as well, too. And remember, you know, we... Oh. We either itemize or we get the standard deduction, okay? Right. Uh, no more standard exemptions like we had in 2017 and prior. Those will come back into play uh, in right. 2026. And right. so um, right now it's, uh, what is it, $30,700, I believe, for a married couple over the age of um, 65. I could be I could be wrong about that, Um but I think it's right around that range. Interesting. So, so the standard deduction, which took a leap in the Trump tax cuts, right? They they did away with a lot of other deductions, and instead, everyone gets the standard deduction. That changes every year depending on inflation. That's right. So yeah. the the married filing jointly standard deduction is twenty nine thousand two hundred. If you're over sixty five, if you have one person in that marriage is over sixty five, you get an additional one thousand fifty. Mm-hmm. Two of them. You get an additional $3,100. Hmm, interesting. Now, <clears throat> one other thing um, that's interesting, and then we'll sort of wrap it all up into the segment about taxes. Your Social Security tax goes up every year, and it goes up It's quite a bit. I think it's now like 148000 So if you make everyone pays your Social Security tax up to, I think it's 148000 and then after that, it kicks out. And that I know that number goes up often every year. It is now 168600 bucks. 168000 Yes. What was it 20 years ago? Do you have that there? 
It was it wasn't very high. It no, was, it was, I think it was in the seventies. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, and it was there for a pretty long period of time prior to. The yeah, so they keep jacking up. So so if you make fifty thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars, you're paying social security tax on everything, but it's capped. At as you said, one hundred and what sixty eight, hundred seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, it was one sixty, hundred sixty thousand two hundred last year. It's one hundred sixty eight thousand six hundred this year. So we're going to pay that six point two percent on Social Security up to that amount. And if you make over that amount, any overage, you do not pay that six point two percent. But you are still fully taxed. Um, on the Medicare portion of the payroll tax. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that that never kicks out. It never kicks out. Un- right. Unfortunately, um, that, that was one fix that they made. Uh, I believe it was the Obamacare Act uh, did that, and uh, that was one way to help fix Medicare. Yeah. So, um, so the other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, and it just escaped me, which is. Um, it was another tax or something, but the overall the overall arching issue with this is it's interesting. You don't have these numbers right off the bat because you're not an accountant. You're a tax strategist. That's right. And there's a big difference between knowing what the deduction is and I want to make sure I'm not paying taxes on Social Security. There's a huge difference, and right? Or people person, don't understand that. You know, if you ask me, do you, do I get a tax credit for buying this water heater? I would say I have no clue. <laughs> right. Um, I could look it up. I could definitely look it up. Or uh, what is the tax credit this year if I bought an electric vehicle? Honestly, I don't know. Right. Um, that's not my bailiwick, going back to what <laughs> right. you, you know. Right. Um, but I can always look it up. And I, I, you know, we have, we have four accountants that, that work with us. Uh, or work for us uh, through our company, Legacy Tax Advisors, and they know that information. Right. So I can always just go in there and ask them, or it's usually just a Google away as long as I'm looking at a reputable source. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, just to make sure. But yeah, no, no. What I do is look at more of what I call tax facts of saying, okay, um, here's what capital gains is, right? It's either zero, 15, or 20 within certain income ranges. And our objective is to try to keep it in that zero range, uh, 15 at a bare minimum, I guess you could say after the zero. Uh, but really looking at Social Security because Social Security is a tax-free benefit. And now it's even tax-free in the state of Missouri and in the state of Missouri, no matter what your income is. So so this year in 2024, when you pay your taxes for last year or you finalize your 2023, uh, if you're married, uh, you will pay tax on Social Security in the state of Missouri if your income is over $100,000. In 2024, you'll be doing these next year in 25. You will not pay any tax at all on Social Security no matter what your income is. So it's a nice little perk that people in retirement are now going to get, especially those who were paying a pretty decent amount because they don't withhold a state tax on Social Security. They only do federal and they only withhold certain amounts on Social Security at the federal level. Uh, But our objective is to try to keep it tax-free. Now it's 100% tax-free in Missouri. It's always been 100% tax-free in the state of Illinois as long as I've can remember. Okay, I want to go back to this line of questioning, but this brings up the question that I forgot to ask you earlier. Okay, Social Security is tax-free. Correct. But when do I stop paying Social Security? 
In other words, I stop having W-2 income. W-2 income is different than investment income. Correct. You do not pay Social Security tax on investment income. Right. I am not paying Social Security tax when I go sell my my stock. I'm not paying Social Security tax uh, when I'm getting passive income like rental income. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I am paying Social Security tax um, as I receive uh, 1099 income from, say, business income right. okay? okay, or W-2 income. Now, here's the thing. You could be drawing Social Security, say you're full retirement age, and you're still working, but you're drawing Social Security. Right. You're still going to pay into Social Security because you're working and you get a W-2. Now, that is going to be recalculated every December. So if you're due a raise because this year's income is greater than one of those 35 highest years, right. they will kick your check up for you. Huh. Uh, so that way, um, you do get some sort of benefit if you actually are still working and right. paying into social. And, and that is 66 and older? Uh, right now, it's 67, 67. For, for most people. Um, some people are still 66 and, say, 10 months or right. so. But, but that's why when you talk 66. about retirement income and, and being taxed differently in retirement, those are just some of the things you're talking about. You, how much money do you need? It's hard to comprehend with your accumulation salary because you're not taxed the same way. So it's a different it's a different formula. You're right. I mean, uh, I've I've had this uh, discussion with uh, one of my clients who was a W two employee. Um, now she's going back and she's working as a consultant uh, to another company, and she's getting uh, consultant income. And I said, see, this income is completely different than your W two. Your W two, it is what it is. You can put money in your four hundred one k and try to reduce, you know, the tax bill on that. Other than that, you really can't do a whole lot. Right. Now that you're a consultant, you can still do those things like, you know, put it into some sort of qualified plan if you want to defer it. But now you get to deduct stuff that you've never been able to deduct before. You can deduct your cell phone, assuming it's used for business purposes, right? So if I have a home phone and I have a cell phone, I'd say my home phone's for home. Right. Cell phone is for work. I can deduct mileage or I can deduct... Um, um, a large SUV that weighs a certain poundage and bonus depreciate that. Uh, I can deduct um, my square footage of my home office. I can I can use some of the utility bills and a percentage of my square footage of, of my office. See, you get to do all these other things to knock that income down as much as you possibly can. And then you also get a deduction as a self-employed business owner as a health deduction, right. where you may or may not have gotten it before, and you may not have because the employer may have paid for it. So you give more tax advice on this show than some people's financial planners give them. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And sometimes it's uh, even more than what their tax people are giving them, because <laughs> usually you pay your tax person for preparation. To right? report to what report happened. what you did, right? And I'm not saying there's no value. There's definitely value. I own a tax firm. Um, so there's value in that. Um, and the simplicity to let somebody else do it. Uh, I'm not saying TurboTax is bad or hard to use. I'm just saying it's limited to your knowledge of what you're inputting. And if you input it wrong, which I've seen many, many times, right. you could end up paying more than what you thought you were going to pay. Right. Um, so I think it's important to make sure that we understand uh, taxes and how they work with the income that we're receiving. Um, I'll go on to say, like we've been saying for the last several weeks, and I'll continue to say this probably through April, most people 
are probably going, assuming they were savers, um, probably are going to pay more taxes this year than they did the year before because of the interest on CDs, interest on money market accounts. They probably most likely have never paid tax on that. Interest rate on money markets and CDs have are going to be somewhere between the four to the five and a half, maybe even six percent range, which is substantially greater than the years before. That income is going to show up on your tax return, and you're going to have to pay tax on yeah. it. I know a CPA who does who reports your taxes is very important because during COVID, just my own story, during COVID, right, stuck at home, nothing to do. I'm going to get that turbo tax and I'm going to do my own taxes. <laughs> and what I found was so insane to me after I realized it was my ability to lie to myself while filling out the computer software system. Oh, yeah. So at the end, I think I had like a. $42,000 tax refund, which was ridiculous. Oh, you're like, wow, this is great. <laughs> and then and then I handed it to your people, and they were like, yeah, no, you did it all. You did it all wrong. You can't deduct those things. <laughs> right, right. That's not a deduction. That's income. <laughs> so you, you, it, it's, right, if you have a simple, you know, job and know anything and, you know. You, you just have a W-2 income. W-2 income, right. I, I, that probably makes sense. Yeah. But for anybody who has any type of children or house or car or business or rental property, or anything, it, it gets to the point where you, you just, I lied to myself. In, I was so insipid about, oh, yeah, well, no, no, I don't know. I, I know this is going to cost me, so I don't, I'm not going to look at this. I'm gonna put, and so I got to the end. I was like, this is a total waste of time, money, and energy because I'm lying to myself. Right. I mean, we, we kind of got to weigh these things out, right? Um, you know, as a business owner, I do this, and, and this is what I look at and say, okay, it will cost me this many hours to mow my grass. It'll cost me this much money to mow, mow my grass. Now, is my time worth more than doing that mm-hmm. based upon my income, right? And so you have to weigh all these different things. Now, in my case, I think I would like to cut my grass, but I can't because I'm allergic to grass, okay. especially while it's cut and I can't breathe. Sure. So, so it makes sense for me not to do it. But we got to weigh these different options. So how many hours are you spending trying to do the turbo tax and trying to research things all of yourself? Are you putting two hours into it, 10 hours, 20 hours? Well, by that time, you'd say, oh, I'd much rather have paid the three, four, five hundred bucks, whatever it was, to mm-hmm. get your tax return done based upon the amount of time that you're spending into it. And then to find out that it's all wrong, right? The last thing you want to do is get a letter from the IRS saying, hey, you did something wrong. You owe us this much money. Now you have interest and penalties that we're going to be charging. And remember, interest rates have gone up. So that means interest rates and penalties have gone up as mm, well. There we go. So how come I can fill out my own taxes? I don't need a license. I don't need to take a course. I don't have to have any any experience. But for if I bring it to a CPA, they have to pass a test and be competent. Okay, so, so you said two different things there. Uh, a CPA, yes, they have a test. Okay. An enrolled agent, they had a test. Okay. Um, CEs and stuff that they got to do as well, too. But not all accountants are enrolled agents or CPAs. So they don't necessarily have to do a test. Oh, really? Right. Well, that's a lot of people don't know that. Well, you're right. I mean, just because someone's preparing your tax return doesn't actually mean that they had schooling to do the tax return. Oh. 
Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. How many people know that? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know that you didn't know that. So, I, so, I, so I, I, just I, assumed, I, I just assumed anybody who's puts out a shingle, like if you're a doctor, you I, I assume you, you went passed, to schooling, you have you passed tests, the whatever yeah. tests and whatever you're regulated so that you're a full fledged doctor. Right. You, you couldn't pretend to be a doctor unless you're a doctor. You can't pretend to be a lawyer unless you're a lawyer. Right. But as an but filling out your taxes, you don't have to be a CPA to fill out taxes for people. Right. And it doesn't mean that just because they didn't pass a test. doesn't mean they're better than anybody else. doesn't mean that they're incompetent. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because I can show you tons of accountants sure. who didn't do that type of formal training that a CPA would do that I would say have just as much knowledge, maybe even more than some of them. Right. But there is a difference because CPAs can do things that regular enrolled agents or regular accountants cannot do um, when things need to be signed off on, especially for like loan purposes and audits and everything when banks want a CPA to sign off oh, okay. to make sure those initials are there. Got it. Uh, to be a financial advisor, you do have uh, tests that you have to pass. Uh, to be a, a financial advisor. Um, and then there is some sort of continuing education that uh, you'd have to do as well, too. Um, same in the insurance industry, if you're an insurance advisor. But, yeah, no, the accounting organization, you don't really have to. And I don't even know about the real estate industry. Do you need to go to, I guess you got to get some sort of real estate license. But is there is there training and courses involved in that that i have no idea because yeah. not one right yeah well, i think you have to be a real estate agent you have to pass the state test but then there's the realtor organization which is more of the professional you okay. can be a real estate agent without being a realtor but you can't be a realtor without being a real estate agent oh gotcha yeah uh but okay so really to hit on some other things okay so if you're at if you're planning on giving your taxes to be prepared by somebody to be reported which is different than what you do in the terms of forward-thinking tax strategies, make sure they're a CPA. I guess that helps. Uh, I think it does, but it's still not necessary. Is what I'm saying is, is that just make sure they're competent, right? right? I mean, if you've been going for the same person for a while, I mean, they're probably you know you would hope been around for a while. You would hope, right? right. Um, but you do want to make sure that uh, whoever's doing your taxes, if it's a new person this year, that they have a copy of your old tax return because there could be mistakes on it. Okay. But also, that helps alleviate any mistakes that could potentially happen for the, the one they're doing this year because you might have something on last year that you didn't give to the accountant right. this year to get that done. And then they can look at it and say, hey, what about uh, your, your uh, Fidelity account or your Vanguard account? Right. I'm not seeing it here. So um, in Europe, they f- give you last year's taxes filled out and say, make the changes for this year. Interesting. Yeah. As opposed to rebuild your whole tax thing again. Last year you had this account. Last year you had that account. Please plug in the numbers. Is that count still here? Do you still have the rental property? Whatever else. It makes it easy, doesn't it? Yes. We so send, much easier. We send out an organizer. Yes. Um, actually, it's going out uh, probably within the next week or so. And it's basically last year's tax return of saying, okay, here's what we did last year. Right. Do you still have these things? And ask some questions uh, to help remind them of everything it is that they had based upon what they did last year. But we also need to make sure that we understand any updates that could happen this year. I think it's one of the better ways to do it than sending out a blank 
um, tax organizer. Right. Um, so we now are. So you kind of do it the way you here. Here's what you had last year. What changes did you make? That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Right. All that thought. Kevin Lloyd, Legacy Wealth Advisors. Next segment, we'll talk about uh, the tax firm within Legacy Wealth Advisors and why that is such a benefit to you. 314-641-1010. 314-641-1010. I think if you've been listening to this, uh, you've gotten more tax advice in the last 20 minutes than you have from your financial advisor over the last 20 years. Maybe it's time to talk to Kevin Lloyd or somebody in his office about a true financial plan that will incorporate tax preparation as well as tax forward thinking tax strategies. 314-641-1010 or the website when retirement happens. Back in a moment, Big 550 KTRS. <laughs> Kevin Lloyd, McGraw Millhaven here, Big 550 KTRS. We're talking about taxes since now it's uh, tax season. And Kevin, last segment we were talking about um, just sort of random general questions about taxes. Uh, but and we've said this on the show a million times, and I still don't think people realize it. As a financial planner, you embrace forward-thinking tax strategies. Um, other financial planners say, no, 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 please, I'm not allowed to answer any tax questions. You need to go talk to a CPA. A CPA does reporting on, right, last year's taxes, who's in charge of forward-thinking tax strategies. I always thought it was interesting, now that I know you, it makes sense, and um, your, your, your company, but you said it before, you have a tax firm within your office at Legacy Wealth Advisors. Yeah, we have a we have a separate uh, firm called Legacy Tax Advisor uh, that employs four accountants uh, to do the tax returns uh, for that firm. Right, and they do the majority of the tax returns for the clients that Legacy Wealth Advisors has. Right, and it's our clients' option if they want to utilize that firm or not. They could go somewhere else if they want to. I'm still doing the forward-looking, proactive tax planning for. All of these clients that of mine and Calvin and the other advisors are doing the forward-looking proactive tax planning for their clients as well, too. Right. Um, so everything is done long before the year is over with. So it's all nice. I guess you could say it's in, in a nice bow and ready to be done for right. the clients. It's just really just waiting on 1099s from the custodians. So somebody comes to you. They're, they're a client. They say, hey, help me with my finances, help me with my Social Security taxes, help me with my forward-thinking tax strategies, help me with with my investments. And at the end of the year, I like my accountant. My accountant does my taxes, doing it for 20 years. You Do you work with that accountant? Do you call up that accountant and say, this is what we're doing? Do you hand him a packet? How does that work? Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk to their accountant um, to find out what it is that they're doing. I mean, we're always looking for new accountants and more accountants to to bring on to our firm as well. And if they're good, we might even make them an offer. But right. even if we don't, yeah, there's got to be some sort of level of communication between the two of us to make sure that uh, the plan is correct. Um, though, do we need to communicate with them? Not at all, because we're already doing the forward-looking proactive tax planning. Uh, sometimes uh, accountants and us uh, butt heads a little bit because they might tell their person to put more money into the pre-tax 401ks or to maximize their set plans. And we might say, no, you don't want to do that. And why wouldn't I want to do it? Because I can save money in taxes. You could, but we're in the lowest tax rate environment that we've ever been in. Right. Taxes are going to go up eventually, and you're going to be paying more money in tax on this money that you're saving money on now in the future. So let's go ahead 
and do a different strategy so you never pay tax on that money ever again. Right. I mean, I would rather pay 24% tax today, assuming that was the bracket and the amount of money I'd have to pay in taxes, than having to pay 37% down the road on it. Right. And how do you know if that's going to happen or not? It's by doing forward-looking proactive tax planning to say, okay, here's how much money you currently have in these deferred accounts. This is what it's going to look like when you start taking your money in retirement. This is what it's going to look like when you're forced to take out your required minimum distributions. Here's all of your other income. This is what the tax liabilities based upon today's current law on what that's going to look like. So you can see that your income isn't going to be, most people so that we're good savers, isn't going to be less than what you were making right. while you're working. It's going to be more. Why is it going to be more? Because we're going to show you how to maximize Social Security. You may or may not be getting a pension. Um, you've done a really, really good job of saving money into these accounts. And if you don't want it, it's right. you understand it, but you're going to be forced to pull it out. These decisions and this strategy has been thought out and implemented long before. So now comes the reporting, which is the right. difference, right? That's, That's right. the difference we're talking about. Not the forward-thinking test strategies. This is the reporting of what you've decided to do. Right. It's copying what comes in the mail from all these institutions, right. your work, your, your custodians, and saying, okay, we're just plugging and playing it into the tax software. Um, it's not rocket scientists when, science when, you, when, it, when that happens, but there's still things that you can do to make sure you're reporting it correctly. Like, for example, if I'm over 70 and a half and I'm giving money to a charity, okay, my 1099 is not going to show that I gave money from my IRA to the charity. Right. Okay, if I take 10000 from my IRA and send it over to the charity and that was the only distribution I made, that 1099 is going to say that I took the $10,000 out. And if I just give that to my tax preparer, they will have no idea that I sent it from the institution to the charitable institution. Right. They'll have no idea. So then they could make it taxable to you. So if we send it through QCD, you have to put it into the tax software that you did it because the 1099 is not going to show it. And it makes sense. There's no custodian that is going to guarantee that you sent your money to a qualified charitable organization. It would take too much work for right. them. So that's on you to make sure that that is uh, done correctly. And it's up to you to make sure you tell your accountant how you did it. Because the accountant, the individual accountant, the person outside of your office, it's volume. They, right. They've got X amount of days and they're trying to get X amount of returns done. And it's a race to the end. Right. Yes. And so they don't have time to say, oh, wait a minute, hold on a second. Didn't you do this last year? Wait a minute, this is about, no, they got it, right? They got to get it in and get it filled out because they got, they're making $100 a return, $200 a return, and $300, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, if you think That's about the it, game. Um, an accountant's probably going to start seeing people uh, mid to late February. So we'll just say mid-February. So you have February to March, March to April. Right. Literally two months, Okay. So let's break that down into every day. Of the, we'll work every single day. We won't even take a weekend off or anything. It's like 60 days, right? You take 1,000 people, right? Divide it by those 60 days, you're doing almost 17 returns a day. Holy mackerel. Right? If you're charging 300 bucks a return and you're doing 1,000 returns, you made 300 grand, okay? All right, if you do 500, right, you're doing 150,000 bucks, right? And you, oh, that's a lot of money. Now you forget, 
you got your tax software that you got to pay for. It's going to be fifteen to forty thousand bucks, depending upon the right. variations and different type of software you've got. You got rent, you got all these other things, and you'd say, "Man, they charge too much." Well, try to pay for the software. Try to have the knowledge. Try to do all of these right. different things. But these accountants, if there's only a, it's only a one man show or a one woman show, they're doing seventeen returns a day. They're, it's pretty tough. And that's if you're working every single day. So then they have staff say, yeah. okay, maybe they're inputting things for them. A lot of mistakes can be made. That's why we have four to help us out. And we don't do that many returns. Okay. Which now leads to the client who comes in. You might set up the plan, you forward thinking tax strategies, investments, social security, taxes, all that, that stuff. They go to their outside uh, accountant, CPA, whatever it may, may, may be to get it done. Let's talk about the client who does their taxes or have you and your firm do their taxes. Is it as simple as you get all of the statements and you do all the stuff and you fill it out and you, I just come and sign it? Yeah, I mean, like for our Legacy Wealth Advisors clients, we already know their whole situation. Right. Right. It's just them giving me their 1099s. Okay. So their tax returns are fairly easy Mm -hmm. uh, because there's not a lot of communication that has to go back and forth because I've already been doing it every year for the last several years, several times throughout the year. Right. Uh, Newer people, uh, it's a little bit of a different situation. Usually for newer people, we'd say, okay, give us all your data. Please fill out our tax organizer. Let me look at it first. And then I will call you because I'm going to have a lot of questions, okay, uh, to be a little bit more efficient than sitting down face-to-face for two hours or three hours, mm-hmm. you know, because usually when you do that, um, it's usually the same situation. Here's my W-2. Right, right. Here's my 1099 interest. Right. <laughs> here's here's right. my 1099-R. And it's a long, long process. And so we can avoid all of that to save our clients money because when we're sitting there, uh, doing using our time to do that, it costs more money for the client. So we try to be efficient as much as we can. But yes, we're going to need to ask them a lot of questions, especially if they're new. And then um, after we're done for a new person, assuming they're not a legacy wealth advisor client, then we would ask them after we're done, say, okay, there's things on your return that you could have done last year that you did not do that you could be doing and it could save you five or 6,000 bucks. So you go over, you go over the, the other person's tax return Yes, and say, Hey, here's what, here's, here's what we could do. You're you're another, you're another level of checking. And then when we're done, we prepare the return, give it to the person. Then we say, okay, now if you would like to sit back down, um, here's some things that we saw that you could have done. It could have saved you this much money. If you want to come back in, we're going to schedule a one-on-one meeting with you to talk to you about forward-looking, proactive tax planning so you don't miss out on these opportunities. So you take the reporting, the report, if you will, right, and look at it and say, oh, wait a minute. There's some planning here that a little bit of planning, a little bit of strategizing, you can save yourself a lot of money. Right. And it could also save yourself a lot of penalties, right? Or you could look at it this way of saying, if you didn't pay that in and get that nice refund back and you did lesser amount, uh, you could have used that money to save and and maybe made interest on your own. Right. right? right. Instead of giving it to the government and waiting, though there are some people 
that look at that as a forced savings. They don't care about the interest. And they say, you know, I use that for my vacation fund. Right. I just hope that vacation fund isn't less this year for people because of all those interests that people were getting. And that's the difference between tax reporting and tax strategies, right? They're reporting what you did last year. They want to uh, change your strategies going forward so that they can mitigate taxes going forward. If you do it this way, you're going to save money. If you do it that way, it's going to cost you. I'd like to know that before I go down the road. Exactly. Right. If I turn left, the bear is going to eat you. I turn right, it's clear sailing. Please tell me before I pick which road to go down. Right. You can pick this road and pay more tax. Right. Or you can pick this road and save a lot of money in taxes in the future. Right. It's up to you. It doesn't make us any difference. Yeah. Really very interesting. So you've done this before. You are suggesting or offering for people to come in and bring their taxes to you? Why not? Why not? We can't do it for everybody. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, because we have to focus on our clients. And our clients are the most important to us. And I'm not Excuse saying me. that that person isn't important. Right. What I'm saying is, is that um, our opportunity You've is made very, a commitment. very large. You've made a commitment to a number of people. Yeah. Right. And we want to make sure that we fulfill our commitments. But yes, uh, we could probably do uh, 10 to 15 uh, people this year that are new that aren't current clients. And so if somebody does your taxes, you want them to bring your their taxes to you and yes. you'll give them a tax analysis, for lack of a better word. Uh, we will do your tax return. Oh, all right. We will actually do your tax return. Of course, there's going to be a fee, okay? <clears throat> And I have no idea what the fee is going to be. So it's based on the tax return. It, it's based upon what you have. If you get a lot of stuff, it's going to get a little bit more price here. Right. Um, but I would say on the average, we're looking in the three-ish hundred dollar range. Okay. You know, which so I, comparable, which, which I think is still uh, pretty cheap. Right. Um, then, um, if there's things that we think you can save money in taxes on in the future, and you want to sit down with us, I will personally sit down with you one on one. And go through your situation or one of my advisors in our office will sit with you one-on-one to go through your situation to show you ways that you can save money in taxes down the road. But also look at a forward-looking proactive tax plan uh, based upon your situation and what you're currently doing. We might even tell you to put more money in your 401k pre-tax. We might even tell you to put less in. It all just depends upon your situation. It's one size fits one, not one size fits all. Yeah, it's the individual um, analysis that is so valuable. That's exactly. Again, you're not one of 17 tax returns a day you're looking at. Right, and 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 we'll charge a fee for the preparation. We will not charge you a fee for the advice that's proactive, forward looking, um, only because. We do not charge our new clients coming in to build a financial plan for yeah. them. I also think, and I know this because you do my taxes in terms of full disclosure. We joke, you you will not take me on as a client because I'm not close to retirement, but you do do my taxes. And I would think, just and just me personally, without getting too personal, I, I, I know you can yell down the hall to the accountant, hey, uh, what about XYZ? And they say, no, it's, it's ABC, right? So, I mean, you're right there in the office. So if you have a question or a comment or whatever else, it's got to be pretty easy to be right there in the office it with is, the accountants right Sometimes there. Sometimes I actually do say, hey, what from my desk, you know, uh, it's a little more efficient. Uh, but, but yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that's what I think that we're starved for is, is that we have too many people doing preparation and not enough people giving forward-looking proactive advice. Our accountants continue to tell us year after year. 
here's some things that you probably should have done and you keep not doing them, right? Um, we'll meet in the off season and we'll talk about that. Right. Well, shoot, by the time season's over with, everybody forgot about it and then the next season's here. Well, and, and if you're talking to an accountant about, right, if you take the time to understand my situation, I know you've had conversations where they said, no, 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 you can't do that. And you said, well, wait a minute, we can do it this way. And the accountant says, oh, I didn't even think of that way. Exactly. So your, your forward thinking tax strategies helps with the preparer and the two of you put your heads together to come up with a good tax return. Yeah, I mean, I hate for someone to say, okay, you should or shouldn't do this, okay, without an explanation of why or why not. Right. You know, I think it's important. You need to understand all the trade-offs, and that way we can make an informed and educated decision on what's best for the particular people we're making, working with. I also think that people think that there's only one way to fill out a tax return. Uh, well, it is fairly black and white, but... There's different ways to fill it out because there might be some things that are available to you that you just didn't even know about. And I've shared a lot of these things on the air. And and you know what? Maybe next week um, I'm going to grab some nuggets that I think are going to be um, commonly missed mistakes that people don't think that they right. can do. Well, like that charitable deduction, right? You can you can you can do it one way. Or you can do it the other way. Yeah. Well, you know, here, like, here's what, here's a little nugget, and, and this is something I learned just by reading uh, through the tax code. Um, <laughs> a little light reading for you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have to read it a few times, right? Uh, but you know, every Sunday, okay, I'm not one of those people uh, that goes to church every Sunday and sets up the automatic money on a monthly basis to church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why okay. don't I do that? Here's why. Because if I drive to church and I give them my money that day while I'm driving there, I get to deduct my mileage to church because I'm actually going there to volunteer my check. Right. Okay. If I go there to volunteer my time, I get to deduct my mileage Mm -hmm. as well. But if I just do it systematically on a monthly basis, I don't get to deduct my mileage over to church. So you're, you're going anyway. Why not get the benefit? Why not get the benefit? There's a lot of other benefits, folks. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I might as well get a tax benefit while I do it. Yeah. God love you. Your mind works totally different than mine. (laughs) God love you. That is Kevin Lloyd. And again, you've gotten more tax advice from Kevin Lloyd as a financial planner than you've gotten from your accountant or your own financial uh, advisor, because they often say, oh, I can't tell you. Uh, That's tax advice. You need to talk to somebody. They're telling you to call Kevin Lloyd. And if you'd want Kevin Lloyd to uh, go through your uh, tax return and see if there are ways that there are forward-thinking tax strategies you're not taking advantage of, it's a golden opportunity. I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of it. The office, 314-641-1010, 314-641-1010, or the website, whenretirementhappens.com. We're back in a moment. Big 550 KTRS. That's Kevin Lloyd, McGraw, Mill Haven here, Big 550 KTRS. Only a few minutes left um, in the show. I, I think, Kevin, it, 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 I never thought ever getting into radio that I would say this, but um, one hour talking about taxes was actually very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's because yeah. it's because there's so much misinformation out there about it. Uh, there is tons and tons of information, and uh, um we are, and it's, it could be or may or may not be right. I mean, uh, just looking at TikTok or Instagram or what have you, I mean, uh, there's a lot of tax tidbits that could be thrown out there. They may or may not be correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a lot of financial advisors, unfortunately, uh, will say they're using the tax code uh, to sell a particular product. 
Okay. That's not tax planning. In, in my mind, that is just not tax planning. Uh, tax Say planning. that again. So they're using a product to help you save on a tax. Right. They're using a tax code uh, to be able to sell a insurance product. Okay. Okay. Uh, what was it? Uh, this. 7102, I believe, is the, is the tax code for life insurance and cash value buildup. And so people will say, are you aware of the, the tax code 70, 7102? If, if I'm saying the code correctly, I, I'm not 100% on that number, but I think that's it. Um, no, let me show you. All right. Or they might say something like, and then I've heard this, okay. You can't do a Roth. IRA. You can't contribute to a Roth IRA because your income is too great. Right. Okay. And you may or may not be able to do the backdoor Roth depending upon if you have IRA money or not. You still can do it. It may not be as beneficial. So what you can do, and this is in compliance. Okay. So I'm, I'm just telling you what I've heard. Right. Um, you can do a super Roth. Whoa. Whoa. What's a super Roth? Well, that sounds good. Well, you know, there's limits on the amount of money you can contribute to a Roth IRA if you're contributing income. But a super Roth, there is no income requirements at all. And you can put as much money as you possibly want. You want to put 200 grand in, you can put 200 grand Oh, I like the super Roth. Sounds really, really good, right? Yeah. There's no such thing as a super Roth. Of course not. Folks, uh, compliance reasons, I have to make sure I'm telling you all this stuff. Most likely it's an insurance policy. I am not a big believer that you should build wealth as cash value accumulation in a life insurance contract. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have life insurance because some people I think need it. I have life insurance on right. myself. Yeah. But it's not a way to accumulate cash. Okay. Could you use it and accumulate cash? Yeah, maybe. Okay. But it's also not a a tax plan or a full strategy. It, in my opinion, no, it's not. In some other people's opinions, yes, they they would think that that would probably work as tax planning for cash value build out. Now, do I think that insurance could be a tool that somebody utilizes to pass on wealth to right. the next generation to use that? to pay for estate taxes if I have estate taxes. And it could be a good way to do it that could be discounted dollars if you already know you're going to have that bill. Because see, we have federal estate taxes, right? Uh, But we also could have state estate taxes as well. So Missouri matches the Fed. Illinois does not match the Fed. And you could have a farmer in Illinois that could have $10 million in farm ground, that won't have a federal estate tax problem when they die, but they could have a state estate tax problem because at that point they would be over by a little over five five million bucks. Right. And it's a pretty hefty amount that you have to pay. So how do you pay it if you're land rich and cash poor? Yeah. You take a loan, I guess, or you sell the property. So sometimes people use insurance to cover those costs because they can do it through their lifetime. The point is this, is that one strand of a strategy isn't an overall plan. And you got to have it all combined in the same plan because you push here, it pulls there. Exactly. See that? Only five years and I kind of start to think I know what I'm talking about. Kevin Lloyd, Legacy Wealth Advisors, 314-641-1010, 314-641-1010. What are you waiting for? It's a wonderful opportunity. Bring your tax returns and they'll give you a look-see to see how you can avoid paying taxes in the future. Pretty good opportunity for you. 314-641-1010. Take advantage of it. Kevin Lloyd, Legacy Wealth Advisors, or the website, whenretirementhappens.com. Kevin, have a good week. Hey, you too, and everybody stay warm. Stay warm out there. We'll see you bright and early Monday morning on the Big 550 KTRS.